Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Geek Down. I am Pat B. In the house today, we have Shayna. Boom, little beast. What's up? And you. We have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you as always. Tonight, we are bringing you Invader Zim. Enter the Flopus. Yeah, well, I'm surprised. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> All right. Also, we are bringing you the late. Well, I don't know if it's the latest in the line of like uh, reverse action thriller pseudo horror movies, um, but it's 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 one of the uh, newest releases that they've thrown in your face. So I'm already or not. Um, this is a take on the most dangerous game. So I'm anxious to see what y'all actually thought about uh, it. I thought it was more like Meet the Parents. All right, we got Shana's review. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an adaptation of the Fuji song. No, well done. I like that. Respect. Uh, also, we are talking about Sinestro Year of the Villain. This is actually a new um, uh, ongoing series from DC Comics, which is giving Sinestro a uh, completely unrelated to his yellow. Um, to the Yellow Ring Bearer run. So this should actually prove to be pretty interesting. And finally, dude, I know we are all chopping at the bit to dig into those childhood horror, horrifying memories of scary stories to tell in the dark. I know Shayna was a huge fan. You got this frightening blink, yo. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna break into that in just a bit. But actually, you know what? We're gonna break into that right now. Alright? I want to know y'all's impressions on scary stories to tell in the dark. But first, I'm gonna kick it over to Jay Palapal to tell us what scary stories to tell in the dark is about. Uh, I didn't see the movie. All right. I was one of those. You know the books, though. Yeah, I do know the books. Oh, they were a, comp- they were a compilation of stories that were scary. I read them in fifth grade. I don't remember them. Uh, oh, okay. Now <laughs> I, I vaguely oh, yeah. remember those. <laughs> oh, I think I read them, but I remember. Yeah. Them. <laughs> no, I was getting you on camera. Yeah. Um, but no, no. Give us the rundown of what the books were about. I don't remember. I just remember they were a bunch of scary mo- stories. I'm not the person to ask about this, Pat. All right, go on, edit that out. <laughs> All right. No, leave it in. All right, I'm going to turn it over to y'all Okay. Um, to see if y'all can tell our audiences what scary stories to tell in the, bar- in the dark was about. Uh, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was uh, an anthology book that just had a bunch of different uh scary stories they were designed for kids they all had really really creepy uh illustrations to go along with it though that's one of the things that people really remember about them because they were truly terrifying if you read them as children and the artwork was super super creepy those illustrations were also like one one of the biggest selling points of those books but two one of the biggest controversies of the whole series because apparently they were so scary that they had folks like you know they had the whole tipper gore treatment where, um, people, yeah, uh, folks were petitioning to get them pulled from shelves, and they were like forefront book burnings. These books are evil and scary and creepy because I can't read in my kids because I'm shook. Um, I the think whole if thing, you buy them now, they don't have those illustrations anymore. Oh, really? they do. Well, I mean, not all of them. You're right. Um, what they did was in 2011, there was actually a huge campaign and uh, another big controversy. Like, they brought back over the years. They got the greatest hits of controversies. <laughs> um, but they pulled them because, yeah, they removed the original uh, Steve Gamble um, illustrations and they had them rewritten with some softer versions. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I so, hate that. 
Well, I mean, you'll be happy to know that that was retconned again uh, <laughs> a few years later, and they uh, reprinted newer versions with the original drawings uh, re um, uh, like you know, uh, uh, reinstalled, put back mm-hmm. in, because folks were like, I don't want this soft ass. For, you know, <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I always I feel like uh, people people um, underestimate children, like how much yeah. they can really deal and and what they can handle. Well, I agree, but also keep in mind, like when you buy in like book series for kids, there's variations, you know, like you can have, you know, goosebumps if you want creepy stories to tell your children and such. And there was like shows like, are you afraid of the dark? But if your kids weren't no piss matches, you went and got them scary stories to tell the dark. You're going to deal with this. You're going to deal with this trauma. You know, get in bed. You know, I'm going to tuck you in so you can't escape. Uh, <laughs> terrible parent. Alright, well now Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is a new movie that's just come out which um doesn't tell all of the stories from the books. That'd be kind of a more, bigger undertaking for just one book. But it tells a uh, few stories compiled under one umbrella. Uh this is the story of three kids who enter a haunted house and discover a book. Uh, written by one of the story fe- one of the story featured characters, which is a good uh, device to um, get them to kind of um, anthologize yeah. uh, several different stories into this one. And some of them are uh, conglomerations, like the one with the jangly man. That's a conglomeration of two separate stories, and present them in ways that will potentially horrify a new generation. Um, it's a period piece too, which mm-hmm. I thought was really uh, handy to um, get these kind of stories across because honestly, get a cell phone, get some cell phone cameras in there, mm-hmm. half of the, yeah. of, the yeah. uh, <laughs> of, of stuff they went through was handled like post haste. But okay, so what were y'all impressions of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the motion picture? I really loved it. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be super cheesy and uh, just kind of a, a bit of a hodgepodge, but I also really liked the way that they handled having this overarching story and the the plot is not only they find this book and the stories that they read happen to the different characters. Yeah. And the thing that I thought worked really well is that both the child actors, they're like, I mean, they're probably like 15, but they look like babies to me. <laughs> the, the child actors and the characters that they play I found to be really interesting and fun to watch. So uh, even the bully character, even though I hated him. Yeah, that like, little motherfucker. Yeah. He was... <laughs> you're supposed to hate him. <laughs> but you, you are very engaged with him so that when he, you know, has his story told, it's exciting and you're, like, really into it. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing they did with him was they got the most stereotypical uh, classic, like, 1950s. Well, correction, late 1960s, um, like, you know, alpha male mm-hmm. bully a-hole that they could find. And they even made it, like, relate directly to the time. Like, this takes place in 68, and he had just signed up in Nam, and he gets out, like, runs out. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot some commies! Woo! High five of his boys. I'm like, damn, all right. Who <laughs> <laughs> so motivation, the you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm wow, concerned bro. about you, bro. Got his, yeah, got his draft card laminated. <laughs> um, so it's like, I like what they did with him because, yeah, we hate him, like, right from the jump. Yeah. And then everything he does from there on is just like, it's like needlessly douchebaggy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, they really, like, yeah, you don't like this guy. And then he and his friends, they go out, like, vandalizing scarecrows and stuff because what else are you going to do when you live in, you know, 
wherever they live. Yeah, and then he's got like he's got a hole stuff to say that the scarecrow is like, <laughs> like how much beef do you have? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I hope it came to life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no spoilers. For it. I haven't uh, seen the movie, so it's fine. It wouldn't be spoilers for me. Well, one, one thing that one thing that really jumped out to me was that like every consequence in this well i mean consequence per se this wasn't a movie where most folks did something wrong mm -hmm. it was just they were victims of the wrong place wrong time and then you got yours horribly horribly mm -hmm. and it's not afraid to put children in peril mm -hmm. and then have like like raw consequences for them and i mean raw like okay what it was PG-13, right? Yes, it was. Oh, they skirted that line hard. <laughs> they, yeah. I think we all know PG-13 doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, they get like, they get like, what is it like? They get like, you know, it two, three F-bombs, uh, one titty. <laughs> no, you don't get any get, get, boob. Well, no you boob? can't get any nippleage in PG-13. Gotcha. Um, no nippleage. Half a testicle. Essentially. Just one, one ball just kind of like tucking off the shorts there. PG-13 can have as much violence as you want. It mm. just can't have anything of a sexual nature. Oh, explains Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't have, can't have as much violence, very... no blood, or as little blood as possible. Yeah. yeah. Possible. It's gotta be like... So like but you can Bond shoot can somebody murder. 16 times, yeah. but yeah. as long as they don't bleed, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's why it's kind of jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good to know. Mm. Oh, going to get like a PG-13 version of Saw next. <laughs> oh, All right, God. so um, one thing, you mentioned one thing, like the, the, the acting of the kids, that actually buffed the crap out of me. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just like, I'm watching this and I'm like, yo, that's some horrible stuff, but this little kid sucks. <laughs> it's, like, the girl, no, she was, she was Oscar-worthy. Like, she was all, I bought her when she was scared, I bought her when she was just, come on, stop being wusses, let's go in this haunted house. But everyone else was like, especially the, the smart friend. The who, taller one? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah. why are you such a buzzkill? No one would want to hang out with you. And then, I, if we took you in this haunted house, I could be your boy. I'm still trying to lose you in this, like, you know, hey, why, why don't you go check out that creepy basement? We're going to hang out here in the parking lot, you know, open space where we can see in all directions. But I think there's a, I don't know, there's an almanac or something down there you need to check out real quick. Feel free to read every book. Go ahead, you know, and enjoy. Out loud. You know, yeah, 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 even the ones bound in human flesh. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fine. Light candles, you know, touch inscriptions on the wall. Um, <laughs> we feel you're up to the task. You've earned this one. You know, it's just like every every step of the way, I wanted him to catch it, not because he was bad or anything, just because he was annoying. He got on my nerves. I well, I think I don't know. I think media-wise, that's what they do to smart people. Mm. I think that's kind of like why in real life, like mm. smart people aren't listened to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because in media, we kind of make fun of them. We yeah. just we just go, oh, you're you're just annoying and go over here. Well, I don't know. Nobody I'm wants all your of... your unpleasant knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they ain't talking that smart stuff. We can't get it. Your brain works, get out of here. Duh. <laughs> um, no, I watch a lot of Scooby-Doo, so I mean, I, I think we may have to have to buck that trend now. But besides that, you are absolutely right. And I don't think he deserved to get it the way he did. But I don't think almost you know, no one deserved to get it the way he, he yeah. did. But I like this movie. I'm, I'm surprised that I like this movie because it's a movie starring like a bunch of little kids that I noticed the acting wasn't really that on point and I've been very impressed with child actors before so this acting wise felt like a step back but per, but like presentation wise it was creepy as all hell mm -hmm. you know it was um, the stories they presented even though they weren't the exact stories from the book and if I'm gonna see something on, on you know on film I wanted to still have that same feel but I don't want it to be the exact same as 
the book stories because I've read those. Yeah. You know? I mean, Fair it's, it's, it's been a very long time because I was, what, six? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a... Like, I vaguely remember that book, but I realized it wasn't but, my book. It was my sister's book. So that's why I don't really remember reading it. Well, there was three mm. of them. So did she have all, all of them? I don't think she had all of them. Because I think shortly thereafter, she got into Goosebumps. Mm. See, so she so okay scary stories was too much for her she's like no, no, no I, can't, just, I can't keep doing this I don't myself know. she just I, got, I got into I, the series having palpitations as a 10 year old she had a bunch of them <laughs> and both both her and I at a point because by the time she grew out of them I was the right age for him mm-hmm. so then that was even more Goosebumps books so yeah yeah, see, why am I not surprised? Also, that you, you, you were like the the fan of the traumatizing children's uh, material. I read Ron Dahl to my children. Okay. that is great. You, you studied <laughs> it for. I really thought you were about to say I read Iron Man to my children. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, why? Why would I do that? Uh, wait, hey, you How know much what? of the wrong demographic are we? <laughs> if you, you, you want to traumatize some kids? Okay. Oh, you read God. All right, but no, I've talked a lot about this. Lilith, is there anything that really jumped out? Um, to, at you, to you, for you. Sure. So there were two of the scenes, um, two of the stories particularly that like had me as an adult person like really like pulling my jacket up close, like getting all like huddled in my seat. And in one of them, it was they were handled completely differently in that like the tension is building and building and building. And in one of them, there's this the way that it ends. This is the red room. Um is the ending is like it's not what you exactly what you think it's going to be and it's long and it's like kind of sad and scary and great uh and then the other one it goes like it builds and builds and builds and then it has this almost like it absurd kind of like climax to it um, this is the, the, the jangly man kind uh, of Absurd! No, oh, jangly man was raw! You talking about... A- I mean, when with he, the, when he the, first shows up, I laughed, but I think it was... I, oh. I laugh at everything. Like, that's how I... Respond th- to... Yeah. To extreme stimuli. Yes. yes. I have the same problem. Because <laughs> I've laughed at several funerals. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I was the only one in the theater that laughed, and I felt kind of bad about <laughs> it. <laughs> I love the concept of like there's like there's like four year olds crying in the front row you in the back. <laughs> we From popcorn in mouth. We all respond to extreme stimuli in different ways. Yeah. Damn, huh? Like my thing is laughing or crying. Yeah. So like uh, Jake the man snapped his dude's neck a little in the back. <laughs> Jim Carrey fall fall out the uh out the uh, the uh, end of the runway, Shane is like, Oh my god. No, I'm gonna laugh there. Just uh, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> 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 All right, so Jangly Man, when he broke that poor dude's neck in this horrible... No, 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 I, when, he, when he very first shows up, <clears throat> that's when I laughed. And the rest of it, I was like, ugh! <laughs> yeah, oh, body horror all the way. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay, now that was a good one. I like the red room. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot that for a split second, but... I was everybody got that in was, the red room. <laughs> yo, the red room is this whole thing. They got a wedding. It, no. Um, <laughs> like it just makes me think of, um, what you call it? Stranger Things? No. The things, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Very different. But the way they set it up was genius. Yeah, yeah. Because you are expecting... Because they have, like, three fake-outs. Yeah. And then when you actually see it, like, oh! Yeah. Oh, that's dope! It's really oh, good. It's like, oh, it's your ass, you little mother... <laughs> you know, it's just like... <laughs> 
just, it's just like, hoping for the children to die. Well, no, I mean, not so much. I mean, that's that, we actually liked that kid. Well, I liked him. I liked him a, a lot. More. Yeah, and seeing him get... No. He was one of the, well, one of the main yeah. characters. There's a main character, and then there's, like, her group. The girl is the one you really follow. But, um, like, we really like one of her friends. Like, he's just... He he's he knows it's happening, but he's like the common sense one as well. Mm-hmm. He's not the one who's in denial. He's like, yo, yeah, this is messed up. Let's not do more, and then Let's can't help leave. but like get in more of these situations. Yeah. And he's like trying to look out for his sister and then stuff. And then when he gets his, leave. you're just like, we're just like, oh no, not not now, not like this. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, oh, oh they got me. It's not like this. <laughs> they got it's like, oh wait, hold up, it's like that. Oh, not like that. Oh. Ah, you played me. You played me. And then when they when he does get it, and you see what happened, like how it comes about. Yeah. It's just like they got me. I did yeah. not see it happening that way. I did not see it happening in that place. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really put shed some light on it uh, for the rest of y'all is um, this was a story by Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Yeah. So when you can like really take into account how he can set up a scene where it's like you don't see something coming until so it's like right on you he wrote the original script um oh. what happened is they've been trying to make this movie since 2013 oh so other people have yeah so uh, like are all the stories written by different people um, that are within no uh stories are originally by him and re- oh, 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 well correction all stories are taken from the books mm-hmm. and With then the interpretation yes and then conveniently conglomerated originally by Guillermo del Toro he was really tasked to do the story and uh, to adapt it and direct uh back in 2013 no he didn't uh over time as it's fallen into other people yes he produced it and uh still has an original story by credit um so that happens a lot with him doesn't it well I mean shit paid yeah. I mean, he's, he's one I of those people that I, I think like deserves I to be paid the way he is. I actually seen him make though. that many movies, so it's like I'm like, hmm. But you know his name, don't you? Yeah, yeah of course I know his yeah, name. He's, right? guy, but, he's the guy who gets like, his his movies like, get into develop, development hell pretty regularly. Right? Yeah, this is my point. Like, there's yeah. a lot of movies that either still have him credited as a writer or producer, but he somehow didn't end up directing or the movie ever, or the movie never got made or like it's a lot of that with him just in general i just noticed well i will give it to, i will give it to um to him and the rest of the team that made this one they actually had a lot of twists a lot of surprises and even though the acting of the kids i think was a weak point it's not a thing that ruined the movie for me and it's not a movie that like waters itself down by like, well, we got kids, we gotta make it extra kitty. Yeah, Dude, like yeah, I myself like, kids like real am stories too. Affected by some parts in this. Yeah, grown ass man. I sound like this. I got this voice. I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm y'all. I'm giving this a thumbs up. It's scary stories to tell in the dark. Lilith, what do you think? Definite thumbs up. Go see it. All right. So it's scary stories to tell in the dark earns our seal of approval. Two thumbs up. And I mean the fact that you horror aficionado yourself um and we're, we're we're perfectly okay laughing at this amidst <laughs> the tears of children uh <laughs> all right but now let's talk about sinestro year of the villain dude um okay i'm gonna go ahead and get this right in the camera I was looking for my big red ring and I couldn't find it this morning. Also, no. See, why am I surprised you have a red ring, though? Because <laughs> if anyone's going to really represent the rage, and that's just because there's no, like, I don't know, turquoise uh, for the for the pettiness. <laughs> that can, that can, like, for, like, the soul. Yeah, yeah. 
Alright, so if anyone's not familiar so with that whole mythos, yeah, I'm Woo, so about Sinestro, year of the villain. Sinestro comes from the original Green Lantern uh, continuity. Sinestro was, for a long time, uh, the main villain of Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner and Guy, Guy Gardner and, for a short period, Gnort. And Josh Stewart's a, uh, Green I mean, Lantern runs. He essentially set himself as a villain toward for the entire Green Lantern courts in general. Yeah, but because he was the disgraced Green Lantern because he had a bit too much ambition. It's not even that he was evil. It's like, yo, you're too ambitious for us. He's like, what do you mean too ambitious? I find I'm gonna be evil because I'm not just ambitious, I'm petty. You didn't see that coming, did you? Ugh, I'm gonna scare people with yellow. Like, what? You know, so not all of it, like, makes sense in that sense. <laughs> really, it would seem like he should more have the orange, but... Oh, no, 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 no. He's not greedy. Petty and greedy are two different things. Mm. Like, he was like, I'm not just I'm not just. But petty. no, I mean the ambition, I um, ambition and greed can go together. It can, but uh, with Sinestro's case, it became more about him wanting power and dominance. And that translated to fear. And for a long time, he was the wielder of the yellow ring. And that has had a very storied history over the course of DC. They've played with that a lot. The one constant has been Sinestro, bad guy, yellow. Well, finally, from all that, he's, uh, you know, stripped off the whole yellow and, um, and dependence on the, yeah, yeah. Not just violet. Yo, he's ultraviolet. Any random, because there any is random a, job sucks Because there is a purple ring. Yes. Uh, the indigo is an actual um, uh, extension of the core. There's the several different colored cores, uh, color spectrum cores. It's actually one... rainbow. It's a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> they say that, but they throw in like white and black. Like those aren't conglomerations of different colors. And there's a whole like. Well, they're conglomerations of different spectrum, color or light. Want to break it down for us? Well, what you call it? When you talk about light, white is every color. When you talk about color it's black that's every color oh yeah yeah, yeah. i followed that and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like color and light aren't necessarily the same thing we perceive color because of light but they're not the same yeah what that's is all. it like light is uh if you're talking about light white is all colors and black is the absence of color mm -hmm. and when you're just talking about color it's the other way around yeah this has been chroma key brought <laughs> Alright, but Sinestro has always been the primary villain of this comic line, and now he's been given, this isn't the first time he's been given, he's been at the forefront of a story, but this is the first time he's been at the forefront of a story that's all about him, not related to them, and him and Lex Luthor as the boat puppet master, but we all know who's really in charge here, um, and uh, breaking out on his own with his imbued ultraviolet powers, and I like the way they presented this. This mm -hmm. was really interesting, because I thought they'd do some old, I'm a villain who's got a plan, I'm gonna take over something or other, and, some, and no, this is where we really get to see like the calculating machinations mm -hmm. and how he uses them, and I thought for a time it was trying to be a um, like subversive social commentary book, until the end when we're like, oh, nah, it's just about this evil dude who did some stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was kind of I suppose slick. you could take it that way. I mean... Oh, well, well, okay, what was your interpretation? Can. Lay it down, lay it down. Well, no. Hmm. I mean, it is a really good, um... What, what's the word? It's a really good, like, way of showing just how manipulative Sinestro is when it comes to, what do you call it, making plans and asserting his own dominance or, you know, 
when he wants to get something done. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. Like, cause he, cause you meet, cause, oh gosh. In this, there's the, um, what are they called? The paladins? Oh, paragons. Uh, the paragons. paragons. Yeah. The yeah. paragons, um, essentially are these, are a microcosm of other life forms that keep the paragon, that keep them going. And essentially, he talks to them and manipulates them over like several generations because their lifespan is like really short. <laughs> point eight seconds. I think they start at point six. They yes. start point six. Six. Point two. Yep. Yeah. He extends their life yeah. and then makes them apparently go through what essentially American pop culture <laughs> during that time frame because they're because all of a sudden there's hippies and protesters and they're analyzing their lives and like I'm like. Huh. That was See what so happens s- when people have free time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was it was a slick approach. It's like, how do you change a society? And you realize, oh, they've got time to run through their entire generational history. What I'm surprised they didn't do though is, um, do y'all remember the the old episode of The Simpsons where um, Lisa had a tooth? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, uh, yeah, because that was based off a of, um, wasn't that based off a Twilight Zone episode? Everything's based off of Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You're right. You are. But absolutely it was a right, Treehouse so. of Horror episode yeah. specifically that that came from. Yeah, and the way they did that is because they're because they're of the size differential, their uh, lifespan and evolution differential is exponentially different from ours. So I'm surprised that when Sinestro discovered it was these little microscopic beings that are uh, keeping the Paragons in existence that when he affected their evolution they kind of stopped around our period of time and mm-hmm. didn't progress until they have like flying ships and yeah. you know, they're all like you know uh, 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 psychic <laughs> beings flying back and forth and debating well my psychic brain is bigger than your psychic dick you know whatever's going on there <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I, I think that kept it within like a processable realm Mm-hmm. But besides that, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of all about Sinestro. I, now that I see what he's able to do with these people, I want to see where he takes it. And I like that they kept it. They brought it back to the evil. Jay, you've been awfully quiet over there, man. Yeah. It was a good book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like I like it. I, I agree with you that it started out with like a little bit of like, that could be social commentary. Because mm-hmm. like the, his internal thoughts are like questioning, obeying others, like, masters or whatever like you know it's it seems like he's like reacting to what Lex is telling him to do to stop the, the uh, paragons yeah and then like but it turns out he's just commenting on the beings within the paragons and their reality like serving these giants uh, that they unknowingly are you know destroying planets with yeah um though the way he approached it too by going through steps it was well let's see if I can help out the folks who are fighting the Paragons. Yeah. Then let's see if I can talk to the Paragons. Right. Then let's see if I can just collect information on the Paragons. Yeah. And the whole thing is got honestly, it's more intel. Okay, and you let me know if, uh, if I'm off base or not, if y'all agree. This seems like more of a, uh, it's a more intelligent representation of like systematically uh, learning your enemy mm-hmm. to defeat your enemy than yes. I've ever seen from Sinestro. This is on yeah. some, uh, for lack of a better example, Batman level. Yeah. of investigation yeah know? and a part of me wonders is because normally we're not really telling the story from his point of view like there is Sinestro comics I'm not saying there aren't but um most of the time you're seeing him from his enemy's point of view more so than himself so it's hard to know what all his machinations are yeah and yes. with this you see just how 
the attention to detail goes yeah. and the cool powers of the ultraviolet ring yeah. that doesn't really exist. Yeah, the like, consciousness is new. Yeah. No, no version of any Lantern Corps has ever been able to imbue consciousness, like legit consciousness, mm-hmm. to including to one point where he's like, he's like arguing yeah. with himself. With yeah. like, he's, he's like, y'all failed. He's like, actually, we're you, so you failed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was like a nice day in the life kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And, he see, and he's kind of doing a good thing because the paragons are destroying planets yeah. and he's stopping them for like selfish reasons but well, yeah, yeah, definitely. it's still a good thing so there's no reason for like a Green Lantern to come in and, and kick his ass yeah so. I also like that clearly this is a uh, time far away from present day True. and because Earth is questionable <laughs> um but also, it's also clear as you go through it, he's also, like, in his voiceover, he's talking just as much about himself as he is about the microns. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, hmm, should you really serve someone not willing to serve you? Mm-hmm. Probably not. <laughs> like, he doesn't say probably not, but you can tell us where he's he's leaning towards. He's like, mm, oh, no. I, I, you take care of number one. <laughs> no, self fucking but the thing is, it's like, if, um, if... You ever seen Goodfellas? Yes. Okay, it's kind of... Oh, you don't say it like that. So <laughs> Sorry, no, it's legit one of my favorite movies. So. All right, well, it's kind of like uh, from, the, if from, the, from the very beginning of that movie, if Henry Hill, when he was like, what, 10, um, thought, yeah, I want to follow Pauly because Pauly's got power and Pauly's the man in the neighborhood, but he's also kind of a punk bitch. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm going to follow him until I don't need to follow him. Mm. And the whole thing is that, like, half in the monologue, right. which was kind of cool. And the way they presented this... From Sinestro's point of view, as I'm, this is a I'm doing what's necessary until I don't set up. Yeah. I'm really ja- I'm really anxious to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, I have not really been that excited about a book uh, where they just take kind of a a, a seemingly uh, B or C level character and just throw them into the forefront just cause. Uh, in a long time, I think the last time it was this poignant was with Booster Gold. Yeah. Where when Marvel did the first uh, fifty two, and Booster Gold was at the forefront, like what? What? Like, why is Booster Gold here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's when like, I think about it, there's an episode of Justice League Unlimited I love, and it's all about Booster Gold <laughs> saving the day. And I'm just like, while the other bigger <laughs> heroes are saving the day, he finds a smaller issue that also will end the world <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually saves day and the um and the woman he ends up saving in the process who's a scientist keeps calling him Green Lantern. Oh. The whole <laughs> poor, oh, poor booster. But at the end she's like, Yeah, I know you're booster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so Sinestro, you're the villain. Um, dude, I'm giving this a thumbs up and I honestly didn't expect to going in. So I thought, yeah, I've read these before, you know, with like, what was it, um, what was that, Hitman, and other random freaking books, I think, uh, it's like Ambush Bug, had a, had a book he led for a while, I'm like, no one wants to see these fools, and then, if it's gonna be a villain, it's gonna be whack, you know, like, mm-hmm. Atrocitus in the first run of the Red Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. you know, how many books are in Bizarro? They should've, they should've did the cat. The cat. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite uh, Red Lantern. No, uh, yeah, you know, the cat is awesome. There's a cat who suffers. Who so much rage. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I really, I really like this. I thought they were gonna do. I thought that was gonna be kind of a cop out. You know, Lex Luthor's dead. Mm-hmm. And then is he dead? Well, one of them's dead. 
they're still doing the multiverse Lex Luthor. So Lex Luthor right. like died, this, but there's still Lex Luthor's out there. But like this Lex Luthor has, it's almost like godlike in the way he operates, in the way like I guess his little minion people. I don't know what they're supposed to be. They don't look human. Um, yeah, they've done a lot of weird things with Lex which Luthor. I'm thinking a little bit better than the Earth Three Lex Luthor. Which is a good. Which par- they- how about how about Luthor? Lex Luthor is well paralleled with the um the main threat because the way his followers follow him, the way the Microns follow, mm, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very similar. Yeah, that was I, I that didn't escape me. Um, I'm I'm, I'm actually because you know at some point he's gonna go up against Luthor himself. Oh yeah, like he's not gonna want to serve anymore. Yeah, and I want to see how that plays out, and that's the thing I think a, a good book really has behind it. It makes me want to read more and see where this goes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I'm, I'm jazzed about it. I'm giving this a hard thumbs up. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I liked it. I'm not. I haven't been much uh, of a DC guy in the last like decade, but I did like this book, and it did make me like want to check out more. I don't hate on it. I just don't, don't have hate. time. I watch like eight wrestling promotions. <laughs> All right, you know what? Fair, fair. Wait, wait to throw that in my face. Yeah. So I, 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 I mean, I'm heck on my side. I'm I'm more of a Marvel fan. I always have that in the like the smaller comic houses. But yeah, every too. once in a while, DC will give me a story I really like. Yeah. Like yeah. I like like I really loved um, Thrones of Atlantis. Like that was like a really good story to me. So, I, yeah, when I say I haven't been, I just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. I'm not hating on them. I don't, you know. Yo, I read that way after the phone. All right, little. Thumbs up. I also really loved how much you see how manipulative he is and how much thought, kind of like his investigation and his thought process of like, how am I going to assess and fix this threat situation was and really interesting. He clearly didn't go at it at just one angle. Right. He went at it at multiple angles so he could even quicker solve the problem. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. See, I always love smart characters. So just... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Sinestro, you're the villain. It's out right now. Um, and it's an ongoing series. Highly recommend we check it out. Now, as a child of the 90s, I <laughs> was exposed to a lot of great animation. There's... Very few, however, like permeated the, the, uh, the general mindset of a generation so much that when it went off the air unceremoniously, we all clamored to get it back so hard. I mean, the Sin Faders in the 90s, I thought that was really more in early aughts, but... Oh, didn't it start in like 1998, 9? Oh, well, maybe, yeah, maybe, like towards the end. Alright, well, a long, long time ago, <laughs> Invader Zim, the uh, animated series from comic book uh, uh, illustrator, writer, creator, general weirdo, and goth kid from back in the day, Jonathan Vasquez. The king of goth comics. Yeah, that guy. He brought us the hits as. What's up? 2001. Alright, thank you, thank See, you. Got the peanut shouting out. Useful fact. Uh, but this came out in 2001 from comic creator who, from the comic creator who brought us uh, such hits as Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Mm-hmm. And Squee! <laughs> uh, and of course, that, uh, that, that popular pop culture icon, Happy Noodle Boy. <laughs> you don't know Happy Noodle Boy? No, it's like, I only know because actually recently found this like deep dive about the author mm. and i was like oh well this is interesting and oh my god his comics are not for children I <laughs> no. happen. And, like i'm like this is just like how the mask becoming a saturday morning cartoon 
Yeah, yes. this is exactly the same thing. <laughs> this, uh, this absolutely is. You are correct. Yeah. Thank you for making that comparison because uh, there was a long line also of things that never should have been equated for children Ooh. being made into fair for children. Oh, yeah. I call out Robocop, the yes. cartoon series. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Terminator. <laughs> so much. So much. James Bond Jr. Well, that was, to be fair, James that Bond was, was not okay. Yeah, but they made the okay. hokiest version of yeah, that they could. And it had the best theme song. Oh, you know the theme song? My man. James Bond Jr. No one can stop him but Meanwhile, James Bond in the movies is like backhand women and like sleeping with like. Um, but in the case of Invader Zim, this was uh, Nickelodeon actually going to this dude who made these comics that were very much not for children and very yeah, obviously not. Oh. not for children. Oh my God. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is about a serial killer who has this deranged idea, which turned out not to be so deranged, spoiler, that he needs to paint a wall in his house. Not even his house, his apartment. So there's someone on the other side of that. Ooh, yikes. Yep. With, uh, with blood. Because that specific color is going to keep demons from breaking into this world, from hell, from breaking into this world and taking Specifically over. from his wall. Yes, specifically yeah. from his wall <laughs> and the specific shade of red that blood is. He can't get paint that color. It has to be blood and it has to be fresh. Why? Because when blood dries, it changes color. Oh, wow. It was genius and it was awesome and for damn sure not for children. So yeah. naturally Nickelodeon thinks, you know what, we got to get this guy. This guy. This line. Yeah. I mean, they. this is all, like... But think about how many cartoon shows that were on Nickelodeon in the 90s, especially, yeah. mm. that were clearly not supposed to be for children, yeah. but they put it on during, you know, when children would be watching, like Ren and Stimpy, for instance. Oh, yeah. Like, Rockwell's Modern Life was not supposed to be for children. No. Yeah. That was a, a cartoon for adults. My like, favorite gag is when he got the lawnmower, he got the, um, the vacuum cleaner that also had a lawnmower function. It went over his lawn, and the lawn was so overgrown, it was all like, you know, these flower to flower and then when they buzz the lawn when the fairies are gone you see a squirrel just in briefs with yeah. binoculars <laughs> I'm like course, I think I know what's going on there that's, <laughs> that's not right uh, and of course don't 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 forget the heifer joke yes oh, yeah, with, the, with the milking yeah you want you want to tell our listeners what that's about since we're so, there now um, we're there we've, we've, we've detoured were they at a farm they were at a farm yeah and so heifer finds a milk gets attached to a milk machine somehow and um heifer is a male steer yeah so he a, doesn't uh, have udders so i have to assume that was not attached i have to assume <laughs> where that was attached hey, they found some he looked really happy though while he was being milked because <laughs> they got that milk yeah yeah They're a little thicker did. than they planned but and not quite as much as they normally would have gotten <laughs> 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 like how come oh. like I usually get like two cups from this cow how come I only got a tablespoon <laughs> I'm gonna have to put a nice disclaimer over this episode yeah. alright but yeah so I think we've really, we've definitely made the point that these were not for children <clears throat> yet they tapped this guy to make Invader Zim which was surprisingly a relatively kid friendly um, I'll, I'll say Early teen friendly. Do you know? Yeah, they um, uh, cartoon series. Originally, they wanted Mark Hamill to do the voice of Invader Zim, yeah. but the creator was like, mm, no. I, 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 I could see that kind of. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were, he, but the creator he was he wasn't on board, oh, and that's no, how I, Billy West got it. Well, I, I don't blame him, dude. The the Invader Zim voices that is spot on. It's also. Yeah. If you know the work of, of Billy West, which we kind of all do, whether or not yes, you realize we do. it. Yeah. Because uh, he's yeah. been like in every cartoon series. Like, yeah, he was Billy from Billy and Mandy. He's yeah, he was... um, Alpha 5 from the original Power Rangers. Red and Stimpy. 
He was both Who's Ren, he Ren both Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. At, 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 oh, at yeah. points. Yeah, I forgot about that. Stimpy was him doing a Larry Fine impression. <laughs> oh, he was the annoying yeah. that little annoying alien from Lilo and Stitch, yep. the one that was the expert on mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Philip J. Fry, he was Doug. Yeah, from uh, from Doug. Right, yeah. Doug Funny. He's done a lot of voices. He has indeed, and him as Invader Zim is one of his most distinctive voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's the weird speech pattern. Yeah. The, the random yelling in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> it's also the word squealy spooch, which somehow identified the character. Um, we've talked very little about what this is actually. I about. know. <laughs> okay, so it was a very popular series back in the early aughts, and uh, for a long time, fans have wanted to see Dude, They yeah. ended on kind of a nothing well, fade out note. Well, the, because there was supposed to be another season, because yes. they ordered 40 episodes, mm-hmm. but tw- only 20 aired, and then they canceled it. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And also, there's been countless interviews with Jonan Vasquez, the creator, about where he wanted to take Invader Zim, plans he had that were fully fleshed out for mm-hmm. scripts and for progression of the story. It was going to be like an ongoing thing. And after reading uh, some of the uh, some of those interviews, I kind of I'm kind of glad they they didn't continue. Huh. He was going to take it to some deep dark places. Like, I mean, if you like see, some... if you know his writing, it's not really surprising. No, I, I I know, but I'm like I have happy memories of this as a kid where it was yeah. like goofy and fun. He's talking about Zim was going to lose an arm and it was going to stay gone for the rest of the show. Like, damn, he's he's nine. I I, you know, I love that. Did that multiple times and it worked out fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's different. Adventure Time. If it wasn't drawn so cutesy, that was a yes. deep. Oh no, dark I I show. agree on mm. yeah. um, that whole um tech art style of um drawing. The yeah, cow arts yeah. style of drawing that got really has gotten really prevalent. Like, yeah, there's so much stuff that would be absolutely horrifying yes, if yeah. not for that. Like the um, show Gravity Falls is another really good example. Like it's drawn very cutesy, but there is some stuff in it. If it were real, oh. would haunt your nightmares forever. <laughs> Even that skirts the line. But Invader Zim was yes. always uh, in that uh, Jean Vasquez style, which seems cartoony so when you keep it within those cartoony bounds it almost makes for a perfect kids show fair now in enter the florpus we get a uh, i don't know about a, i don't know a, a new taste mm-hmm. you know it wets that whistle it you know uh it uh gives us a, a reappearance of that dragon that we've all been clamoring for and chasing for the last <laughs> like what 10 plus years mm-hmm. of invader zim where it's like yo they left us flaccid though. let us get some and I was really jazzed when I heard about this, and after seeing it, was less enthused, man. I'll be perfectly honest with you. But, yo, I've talked a lot. My mouth is dry, so I'm gonna kick it over to Shayna. Let us know your impressions. Uh, well, first of all, what went down in, and then your impressions of Invader Zim. Enter the Flops. Well, in Enter the Flops. Oh, Jesus. Okay, go ahead. All right, so. <laughs> One thing I just wanted to say before I get into the plot is that the first couple minutes, you have this really cool like alt a- animation of the characters and what they look like, like yeah. super high grade animation. Full and it anime. was really Full cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially the secondary main character, which is Zim's nemesis, <laughs> Dip Dip. Yeah. Um <laughs> Dip Man Brain, Jesus. <laughs> when you think of their names. Um but essentially it opens up with the thought process that since the show got canceled, Zim has been hiding in a toilet. (laughs) 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 And Dip has been watching his house this whole time. Mm -hmm. Like he has not moved. He's been in a chair 
looking at screens, pointed at arms and his house, just waiting for them to emerge. Mm-hmm. And that was a hilarious opening gag. <laughs> like that dude is just like stuck to the chair. Uh huh. But anyway, the whole thing about Into the Floor Piss is that Zim, after re-emerging from his toilet, um, contacts the tallest, which are his leaders, and realizes that maybe the invasion plan wasn't what it what he thought it was like mm-hmm. that maybe that you know like they didn't like him was, exactly yeah. like maybe they don't like him as much as he thought they did mm-hmm. and that maybe this like maybe they're never coming and this has all been for nothing yeah <laughs> which is true if you guys <laughs> saw Invader Zim the tallest got rid of him because they could not stand Zim and they told him that he was going on a special mission and that eventually they would come and see his work yeah these fools didn't, didn't even know Earth existed they just yeah. kind of like pointed off map and off world said yeah you gonna go um oh, 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 over there we gonna yeah take this ship take this um uh, broke ass robot and <laughs> yours because we think you're that good and invader. Yeah. Don't call us. Don't write. We trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. Yeah, just get the fuck out of here. Um, I always thought that was kind of a really convenient comedic trope to get him like out there. Like I like the concept of there. He's this serious invader, but he's also kind of a clown. Yeah. And they he's really not play- actually good at it. Yeah, they played that up. I mean, if you follow any of the backstory, which you can't really, you just kind of like this, uh, an, an occasional story here and there in the episodes, <laughs> right. there's nothing charted. I mean, there, but, are, there is a comic series. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, before, like at the time of the show. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, didn't that act, came later. they would like hint it at one point he was a serious invader, but he's also like insane. So he had like this, you see him, one of my favorite clips, one of my favorite flash clips is you see him in like this hardcore, like inv- he's invading a planet, <laughs> laughing, he's all evil, they fire missiles left and right, he's got big ass robots stepping on things, but they're like, yeah, but sir, we haven't left our home planet yet. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just going house on his own people. Yeah, like, um, he's just, he's kind of a failure, and that's, yeah. that's kind of the cruise, and that's why, like, even though Zim is technically the villain of the piece, he's the main character, and it's what makes you sympathize with him. Yeah, but, that and, It'll always fail. Yeah, and then poor Dip trying so hard to catch him, and no one believes him. That's, even yeah. though Zim is obviously not human, yeah. it's not really hard to figure out. Oh, no, the, 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 the humans in this are morons. Yeah, like, they, 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 except, except for on... Dip's family, and that's the... Yeah, they just don't. Well, his his sister, at least, his dad is too oblivious to yeah. like, really. because well, yeah. he, he doesn't think aliens are real, so he just dismisses the idea. And it's funny because that particular thought, that particular trope of the character, mm-hmm. becomes pretty key to what happens in this special. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what does happen in this special? We find Zim. Zim has been hiding in a toilet this whole time this whole for the last like Which, 20 years he's just been in a toilet <laughs> i acknowledge that it's 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 in line yeah you know with the progression of this it's stupid enough that that kind of thing <laughs> i mean he, he doesn't use it for other purposes <laughs> he doesn't yo how Far long you been holding it too does, gotta... he, does he though but does he hold it like oh, i don't think he... we ever discussed whether or not zim can poop <laughs> I don't think it's canon. <laughs> asking the intelligent question. Because he calls Zim. the toilet, like, there's a sign over it says, the hiding split. Yeah. So I'm like, clearly he doesn't use the toilet for its intended purpose. It is yeah. a concept in this world, though, because one of my favorite clips of the show, 
uh, is when they have the uh, the parent teacher day. Um, the uh, where uh, uh, yeah the parents parent teacher conference where he has to bring the robot parents parent yeah. he has in the house uh, to school to meet his teacher, and the way he trains him is just having having him run like a normal human behavior program and and uh and Gur, his little robot buddy keeps changing the channel <laughs> so uh when the parents keep flashing the different things they saw on different channels one of them was a laxative commercial and the guy <laughs> and they're just in the middle of the parent te- teacher conference and the father just goes <laughs> the mother's like what is it is it is it father's like that's right Things get extra serious. The lights go low. Things turn red. He puts his head up. And the most childish gag that I continuously laugh at to this day is, that's right, honey. Diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and because I'm an adult, I crack up with that every time. I mean, what's funny is fun. Yes, it is. The humor in this carries over. It's very much in the spirit of that old TV show, which I think was very much meant for audiences of that time. Um... I don't know if this is something you could really show like kids on Nickelodeon now, mostly because it seems to rely on a style of comedy that's kind of gone out of fashion. Yeah. Like you brought up a, uh, you brought up Adventure Time um, earlier. That's more in line with the kind of humor and the kind of uh, fare that really meshes with kids today. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Shows like Adventure Time and a couple other ones, especially like from that like set of like Cal Arts graduates that all seem to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, Invader Zim was a very instrumental show for them in their um, inspirations. So there are some gags that are similar, like that kind of endured, like maybe the entire representation of what Invader and also Invader Zim is pretty unique in of itself. Yeah. There really isn't another show <laughs> like it. Um, but you could tell, like, like with some of the weird, like, gross-out gags that you see, especially like in Venture Time. Um, and like just weird cutaway gags that exist, like you can see where they were inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe not the full form, but you know, some of it. No, I got you. I'm not saying influence isn't there. I'm saying I feel like my kids would like this. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, as a parent, would this be something that you could actually show your kids oh, yeah. without them having any context of the previous show? Possibly, because I mean, the setup is pretty simple. Like, even the Invader Zim, the setup for the show is actually pretty simple. Zim wants to take, Zim is going to fail at taking over the world, and Zip is going to fail at stopping him. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, you lost me. Hold on, that's kind of complex. (laughs) Oh, okay, now you're right. (laughs) I'm putting that meme of like. Math equations going across. The screen. Like, hmm. Charlie from It's Always Sunny. He's the board. <laughs> Yarn. Oh, all right. So, um, I actually, uh, I do have my problems with this mostly because I'm all about if it's animation, it's got to be, uh, correction, if it's animation on like a Nickelodeon type setup, um, it's got to be kind of for everyone, for kids and for adults. If it's going to be like a nostalgia piece, it can't just be for one or the other. And this wasn't even, this was Netflix. Well, yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be. And what it comes down to is, was this an entertaining story? For me, it was. No. Was it for y'all? I was entertained. I was entertained. Yeah. Like, I liked a lot of the, um, the preposterous gags that yeah. I remember I was watching it and halfway through my husband came home and we were, and he just sat down and like got completely distracted and just started watching it with me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what the heck? <laughs> it's 
going on here? But he never stopped watching. He just looked real confused. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've seen recently. I'm like, man. You don't watch enough stuff. I like, yeah, I, like, I like the idea of him coming in. Kids are still like in the car. They got groceries. Well, I should know. The kids are asleep. I, was, I watched but, it at like 10 o'clock last night. But. Uh, um, wait, he, he had never seen it growing up? He was, no, he's seen Invaders, but to be fair, hmm? he, he wasn't allowed to do a lot as a kid. Wait, was he one of those people his parents didn't give him like, you know, soda or fast food? No, or? no. Mother gave him plenty of junk, but um. <laughs> she, <laughs> no, she loaded him up with that crap. No, that ultra shit. religious, yeah. <laughs> but she was like ultra religious. Well, still, uh, ultra religious. So like, she would very, though oddly to me, select certain things and be like, "Oh, well, that's demonic, and you can't watch it." Like, yeah. just random. But something you can't be watching Bobby Hinn. Those suits. Mm -mm. <laughs> like stuff, I mean, like stuff like me. Pokemon made her uncomfortable in the '90s. So, oh, like, to be fair, that's glorified dog fighting. So. It is, but whoa, yeah, that's, I said it. That's right. That's, I right, mean, that's right. I said it. Take it on Pokemon. It kind of is. I'm not thinking. But um, my math adds up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there was a lot of stuff that he had like sneak and watch. So I could see Invaders in being one of those things. Yeah. All right. Fair. All right, but I'm giving this a thumbs up. Because I mean, honestly, it was it, it achieved its goal. It was entertaining. It touched that. It hit that nostalgia bone. And I mean, honestly, dude, I I, I did chuckle at it. It's not perfect, but then again, fr uh, from from our memories, what really could be, you know? So it's like there was a moose. That's all I needed. <laughs> Mini moose. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't perfect. There was a part where I was like halfway through. I was like, where's this going? But I yeah, like right in the middle, right? Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> Because he had where, no plan. You promised me a florpus. Where is it? Well, you got the florpus. Eventually, yeah. yes. Just took forever. But then, but I was enjoying all the gags and jokes and you know, the, you know, the, the, the zaniness of it. So yeah, thumbs up for me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. I feel like it took kind of the best things of the Invader Zim show, um, and the most. Uh, it was the most kid-friendly version of Invader Zim, I think. Mm -hmm. It didn't have really any of the like super weird, gross, uncomfortable stuff that some of the cartoons had, which are fine, but like this is, I think, just more kid appropriate, but still really uh, entertaining for an adult. One of the things that I loved actually, because the show, it was like two 10 minute episodes, right? Yes. Mm. There's a part in the movie where you see a ham and Everything like goes black and white except for the ham, and you hear this voiceover that's like, "Now you keep an eye on this the ham because it's gonna show up later." I mean, it did. Yeah. It did, but the the whole show. But so nonsensically. Yeah, everything about Invader Zim is so kind of like overstimulating. But, but, like, but then, but when it reappeared, you were like, "Man, I have spent so much time paying attention for that ham." <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Go to check out ham. When's the ham gonna reappear? Mm -hmm. This is great. Thumbs up. I enjoyed it. All right. I feel like just for the the title alone, I'd want to give it a thumbs up. Like big fan of Florpuses, are you? I'm just I like I love the made up words and um like when he was talking about his schmoopy yeah time and I'm like oh schmoopy. <laughs> That's been ruined for him by Seinfeld. Though. The schmoopy. What's up, the schmoopy? Mm -hmm. I didn't watch Seinfeld, so I didn't. Just, oh, good it does for nothing you. for me. Go for it! <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. All right, so where you at? You you following you following with the bandwagon here? All right. Cool. I laughed. 
They didn't cry, but I laughed. <laughs> no crying in this. Uh, well, <laughs> no some of them, well, we laughed, some of us cried, there was ham. It's Invader Zim, <laughs> enter the Florpus. Enter the Florpus. Laugh with me, girl! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now. Um, chair? Yeah. I saw ready or not. Are you ready or not? I saw ready or not. Ready or Not is one of the biggest hits by the Fugees in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, even that's a sample. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. What you call it? There is another song, Ready or Not, that way predates. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was grossly overshadowed by the Fugees. Fugees song, not. yeah, because they sampled it. Yes. Yeah, so you know what we're talking about today. We're talking about the new... Um, damn, I don't even know how to properly categorize this because it's a chase film. It's not quite a horror, but it's a thriller. It's not quite a thriller, but it's got horror elements. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like... Kind of all over the place. The hodgepodge of those. A dark comedy satire too. Yeah. As well, yeah. Some parts are serious. A lot of parts. It's more dark comedy than... It's a dark comedic thriller? It's a dark comedic romance thriller. Yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) 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 It's a a time travel contemporary for you (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It's a movie that's all over the place. It's starring... Tomorrow we Oh, oh you jumped. I was. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> no, I was sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. messing with you. I'm sorry. It's like tomorrow <laughs> evening. Oh, Hollywood nepotism. Uh, yeah, but no, you know what? She did a good job. I I did call. I called out her specifically though because this movie I noticed in the advertising specifically did something that I've we have seen before in a couple of the pictures. Most grossly done with Upgrade, mm-hmm. which was a good movie. But really relied on this hackneyed technique to get butts in the seats, which they don't tell you what the movie's about, and they don't have any names on the poster. They just show you the face of the star because they look like a bigger star. <laughs> and an upgrade, it was this dude who looked just like Tom Hardy. To it's the, like I know who that is, but I can never remember his name. I can never either. That's what I know, so I'm not saying it now. <laughs> um, but he looked just like Tom Hardy, and he was great in the movie, and it was a damn good movie. But everyone went to see it thinking it was the new Tom Hardy, Hardy movie. movie. Tom Hardy Oscar I mean, you, you yeah. gotta go see the new Tom Hardy movie. Absolutely. Well, in this one now, uh, the actress looks a lot like Margot Robbie. It's not. But um, Tamar Weaving has a very Margot Robbie-esque face. And she was really good in this, too. Dude, She's I bought her every step of the way. <laughs> She's got the, those features. Like, yeah, all right. I mean, okay, break, break down for us. No, I'm this just saying that's why she looks didn't. like Margot Robbie. She's blonde with dark eyebrows. Like, <laughs> All right. So we've, we've established that I'm a racist and all. <laughs> Thank you for, for pointing that out. I've got a problem. Jeremy but she does have that, like, it's funny because she, not to say she looks like Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. but she does have that, like, ability to, oh, like, yeah. give an intense stare. Like, she looks she a little has, bit like him. Like, a, no, yeah, there's, like, a little bit of family resemblance, but it's not like, oh my god, that's his niece. Yeah. But, um, she yeah. does have a really intense face. I'm glad that's what you fixed it. No, I couldn't get, I couldn't get past those teeth. Very prominent, like, right there in mm. the, in the, yeah. Um, all right, but now nah, we're getting some looks from the peanut gallery over there. <laughs> but what Radio Not is about is actually kind of ambiguous because we think at the start it's going to be a um, kind of like a, oh, are they coming to get me? Well, I'm coming to get them type of picture. And it turns out to be a take on the most dangerous game, which I mentioned um, at the start of this, which uh, are we all familiar with the story of the most dangerous game? Yes. Okay. It's banned. It is man. <laughs> yes, thank you. In the most glib turns possible, it turns out it was man. <laughs> we hunting peoples today. 
<laughs> I mean, like everybody yeah. has parried, like everybody has parodied that at yeah. some point. Like I was just watching Archer the other day in the episode in I which they <laughs> parry the most dangerous game. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the most, the they're most... like, oh look, they're about to shoot. Oh look, oh no, they're gonna hunt them in the woods, <laughs> in the jungle. Oh no. Well, the most forgotten version of that is, I think, one of the best. It was um, a movie with Ice T. I haven't seen it, but I have it on VHS. Okay, yeah, that one's called Surviving the Game. It's with Ice T and Gary oh, Busey. I vaguely recall this. I didn't know yeah. that's what it was about. But with Ice T and Gary Busey. I remember the movie, like the ads, the posters, the VHS box, mm-hmm. whatever. Don't remember what it was about, but now. That makes it exciting. Such oh, yeah, yeah. It's like such I a strange see, um, pairing, though. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not just them. I mean, dude. Uh, oh, no, it, but um, I mean, do they play opposite each other? Yes. Anyone okay, that's why it's a weird pairing. Gary Busey pair. is odd. Yeah, I don't know. That's I what I was going to say. Well, it depends hey. on Gary Busey when. True. Well, F. Murray Abraham's in the movie, too. So, I mean, you don't know where they're coming from now. <laughs> um, F. Murray Abraham of uh, of Amadeus fame. Oh, wow. And I guess to a lesser degree, last action hero fame. <laughs> um, but this is a movie where they're hunting the main character. The main character played by Tamar Weaving in this. She plays a woman who's married into a family that's just filthy, blind, stanking rich. They're so rich that they're bored and they decide to kill the whoever newly marries into the family. Not mm, quite. Yes and no. Yeah, not quite. Yeah, Jerry, break it down for us. What is properly, what is ready and not all of Basically, about? because they're rich because they entered a pact with Satan. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, Of course they are. And there's like some I some mean, that deal where like when, when somebody yeah. enters the family, they have to like pull a card, and I don't—they never say what the other cards might be. I think they, they, they hinted them just being regular ass Yeah, things. yeah. You know, it, it's like you pulled the card. Oh, we're playing Donkey Kong all yeah. night. Yeah, then yeah. one of them is hiding. You pulled the card. <laughs> you pulled the card. We're playing chess. But just chess, not for your yeah. soul or anything. Just right, regular you know? chess. Yeah, yeah. They, it seems like yeah, they're all they're all, they're all innocent except for the hide and seek card. The one, yeah, and there's no reason why hide and seek specifically is that card where it's like yeah. everything else was just fine. You know, hey, we will play crazy eights all yeah. night. Yeah. Now we now we doing a blood oh, pack for hide and seek. Yeah. So if you know, they don't yeah, kill let, her, let me see. Let me see. Play jacks <laughs> to the death. Yeah. <laughs> if, so if they don't so kill her, the the Satan deal goes crazy mm. and everyone in the family dies. Yes. So it's kind of a survival I'm, thing on their end. I too. mean, but wouldn't okay. that also include her now that she's part of the family? Well, that's the thing though. She has to survive till dawn. Uh, till, till dawn, and then she's part of the family. You know, besides that, everyone else who does just... Oh, damn, that kind of sounds like a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is possible to just, like, get in a relationship and, you know, never actually marry. You just... Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. they are married, though. They have a... That's one thing that kind of bugged me. They have a very... They have an explanation as to why they didn't just, like, you know, date forever, do a common-law married thing, never actually tie the knot and find that loophole. Um, It's kind of like a throwaway line when there's yeah. place for that that's one of the few things that disappointed me in this movie right. but that's it right there one of the few things yeah because yeah. once we get over that initial fake out because the poster is a fake out dude yeah the poster <laughs> made me think this is gonna be some badass like, she gets shotguns <laughs> yeah. and, and not what happens especially i i bought into a doubly hard when we saw that's not a shotgun she's holding in the poster, that is an elephant gun. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, she has an elephant gun and these big ass shells that I'm like, oh, yeah. this is not you what you really. Oh! <laughs> and then in the movie, I'm gonna spoil something for you right now. You just you just get one scene where it's like, ah, <laughs> click. Oh. <laughs> and the rest becomes just this like chase and then ultimately revenge film. But it was cool. Like I I thought I was I thought I was gonna hate it from that point. 
and the movie was good enough that it won me over. They do a lot of clever things with representation, and the fact that the lead actress looks, and they use very much their advantage, looks um, like Margot Robbie is not the only hook that they give. I couldn't get past, you can let me know if you had the same um, reaction or not. The father, the patriarch of the family. Yeah. Yeah, his look and performance in this picture was very much like Stanley Tucci. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I thought he looked like David Byrne from uh, I Talking can see Heads. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was... There's also the one actress who looks like Megan Fox. A little bit. And I, mean, I was like... Yeah, there was another actress that looked like Megan Fox, and then Megan Fox like kind of eclipsed her career. Kind of yeah, sucked true. for her. Yeah, she was a much a... better actress. I felt really, yeah. really bad for her. That was yeah, but I mean, she got them eyes. Yeah, what can yeah. we say? No, you know what? It was all about them thumbs, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! See them thumbs? Ugh! It's a new fetish waiting to happen. Um, no, no, no. What I'm getting at is, uh, it's like, oh, well, actually, you know, before I make that, like, kind of not at the point, this was the return to, I guess, prominence, we haven't seen her in a while, of, uh, Andy McDowell. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen her in a while. Andy McDowell was a very, like, in your face prominent actress. She was an It Girl for a while in Hollywood. Yeah, she was. And she kind of I hasn't done much. I saw so many movies with her in it, especially, yeah. like, rom-coms yeah. and, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yes. Yeah, Dude, one of my favorites of all time. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, no, I love Groundhog but Day. But that, that that made me fall in love with this woman. I'm like, oh, that she is the so cutest little like weird <laughs> accent that you kind of have. You kind of have and have mm -hmm. done a bad job of getting rid of. That's, that's, <laughs> that's her country adorable. accent. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah. And now it's like everything is very important. And I was just like, that... she's tried to make it a more refined country accent. But I'm like, that's not where you're from, though, honey. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, you country me. country, not like aristocratic country. <laughs> like, no, you country. It's yeah. high, though. Yeah, but no, I, I, I liked her in this because we think we're going to really like her in this. And then we see her true colors. And I'm like, oh, you are a great actress. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah. she is. Um, dude, Ready Not throws you a lot of like curveballs and I think that's because it really relies on you making your own assumptions. They don't they tell you almost nothing about what this is about going in. And then mm. from the posters you don't get much. It seems like maybe a Western family in a bad situation. It could be a zombie film for yeah. all you know, you know? You see people looking haggard and covered in blood and then a woman in a wedding dress but she got a gun belt with these huge shells and the thing. I'm like, know? why do you still have your wedding dress yeah. on? Yeah, well, I mean, like you didn't change out of it after ceremony. Everybody changes out of it after <laughs> ceremony. Like, what are you doing with your life? But okay, <laughs> could be a Katy Perry. I was like, the yeah. Red Band trailer does give it away a lot. It does. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that. I went in this knowing more or less what I was getting, and I got what I expected. Mm. Um, that right. is a yeah, terrible I watched Green Band trailer. <laughs> Yeah. It's very rare that that's, there's that there's that disparate um, yeah. level of uh, of of uh, yeah okay well damn I wonder if it's because of the violence because the red man trailer it's showed be. some of it's the kills gotta be. yeah because do so many scenes oh just like the, the oh <laughs> yeah I can't tell if the red band was the one I saw yeah. I don't remember did you see a, I did, did see a trailer for it all right did you see kind of a I can best describe it as a Jesus moment. You can tell me if you get that or not. No. Oh. Then I didn't see the Red Band trailer. No, okay. well, I don't know about right. the one I saw. Like, you saw, say, someone getting shot with a crossbow at one point. I think so. And everyone being like, ah, ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shucks. Yeah. Um, Dude, I liked so much of this because they, it wasn't uh, as much, so much comedy to, as to take away from the darker aspects of you really feel okay. the sense of danger yeah. and peril that 
uh, your lead your lead actress is in, and she didn't seem helpless. She was just very confused yeah. like, what because the I trusted these people like oh, twelve man. hours ago, and now I totally understand how like, she feels, man. Yeah. Totally understand how she feels, man. <laughs> it's like the I, I had a hellish experience with my in laws too. Yeah, <laughs> 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 well, I imagine your wedding involved like running from actually got married at City Hall, so oh, okay. nobody was right. invited. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so, no one hiding in dumb waiters. No, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put that past you either. It's just like all right. um where it's like you think it's gonna be like this oh uh, she's the punk chick fighting back she's in the wedding dress but she yeah. also wants some chucks you know they, they really set that up hard and then it's like they turn that on its head I like the surprises in this and I think it heavily relies on that like I don't imagine they could do a sequel if somehow they wrote a sequel yeah for sure this because why. everything relied on that initial uh, effect of you thought it was gonna be one thing because we let you think it was gonna be one well, thing this is why I think it's a problem with sequels for a lot of like especially thrillers because it's like but you already know what the setup is because there was a previous movie, so it can't exist the way the previous yeah. movie did. So what are you gonna do? That's what <laughs> I love about Final Destination Two. That's one no. of my favorite like horror well, movie sequels because all of the rules are basically reversed in a very interesting way. Also, it's basically like Bugs Bunny, but everyone dies for real, and there's like yeah. an absurd amount of gore. There was just very strange deaths in those movies. Oh yeah, they got one. <laughs> yes. They had to get more and more ridiculous. That's the problem. The first one, Yo, it was these jerk. quick, but, <laughs> it was these quick but messed up and cool deaths. Yeah, but there was by the fifth one, it's like, it's, like, it's like I stubbed a toe at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I die of like you know tetanus and rot by the end. Of the <laughs> no way. The fifth one is in my opinion the best one. Which one was that? The one with the roller coaster? No. Um, no, the no. fifth one, um, no, it's got Tony Todd. It's like any it, of the ones that have, Todd. yeah, mm. the ones with Tony Todd are the better ones. Yeah, Candyman have been the mother. Yeah, and it also yeah, it has Tony a, Todd. it has a big twist. It also has one of the most. Um, the fourth one was the worst one. That's the one that starts with NASCAR, and like it's in oh, 3D yeah, and yeah, stuff. That, yeah, that's so don't get them confused. The fifth one's real good, <laughs> and it has one of the most like brutal, sudden deaths that like where. In the rest of this series, they like they build and build and build and build to this like thing that you don't expect. And in this one, it's like, it's it works against you in that way where you're like, oh, I think I know where this is going. Um, they have like they show you this one thing. They're like, oh, she's definitely gonna like step on this nail and you know something that's very viscerally gross. And then like the way that it happens is totally different. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Sorry. It's, it's, no, no, it, it's perfect. okay. It's been a while since I since, I, since I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen um, seen past the third one. Third one. I don't think I saw the fourth and fifth. One. I still think my my favorite kill of all of them is from the very first one. Was it the Sean train tracks one? Yeah, Sean Williams got Yeah, it's just like we don't. It, he's just. It's the most unseeming. It's like oh, okay, so they just had a kill. So this is gonna be one of those scenes. Oh, they got another one. Oh! <laughs> And it's just like that was with the he, penny right off the tracks. It wasn't a penny. It was a piece of the car. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's just like he didn't. He didn't deserve that. No. <laughs> he he didn't, does he anybody didn't deserve that? what happens to him in these rooms? No. Well, one, one person, but it's like it's like that was fair. Yeah. And no, the only part, only one I think really deserved it in any of these movies was the um the uh, the teacher in oh. the first movie. That's because she was like, "Yo, you could have helped these people." And then at the very least, you could have told the police they're not crazy. But <laughs> immediately, you turn on your own children. 
And then like, yeah, no, oh, I want to see you get yours. Her, and then she does immediately, and I'm like, yes, no, <laughs> thank you. Was I mean, oh, she died. The, I'm sad. The, the, the knives and the, the knives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I saw the whole set, and I was like, okay, so those knives are totally gonna impale her at some point. But how? But how? <laughs> and then you watch like all the crazy things, and I'm like. Really? And then I thought to myself, man, this is exactly how I'm going to die in real life. Oh. <laughs> Damn. All right. Rube Goldberg. Like, this is why I stopped watching those movies because in my head, like, cause I, I always have, like, these really weird accidents. Like, mm-hmm. I never have normal accidents. They're always a weird circumstance and, like, how did I hurt myself this way kind yeah. of accident? And I'm like, that's how I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> in some strange Final Destination kind of situation. I'm not just going to trip off the curb and a car's going to hit me. No. What you call it? Somebody's going to bump into me and I'm going to trip but the car and roll in the street but the car's going to miss me, right? But then when I get to the other side, a bicyclist is gonna come by with like a big, like package, and somehow that package is gonna smack me upside my head <laughs> and, and somehow decapitate me, and that's how I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Damn. Your head rolls into a nearby bowling alley and just hits a strike. Yep. That's like, legit how I'm like. Yep. That's how I'm gonna go. It's not gonna be anything normal. It's gonna be a weird freak accident, and they'll be like, "How did she die on a salad?" Is it wrong that I kind of want to see that? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, just, it's like South, but just you just, wants, it's just, just I, I need I need to know. Yeah, Kat just wants me to die. I don't, I don't. Her hair got caught in it and they just pulled her head off. Yeah. <laughs> like, and somehow Ron Popeil still found a way to make it sell. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right, so, um, dude, uh, I had a great time watching Ready or Not. Yeah. It was surprisingly good surprisingly fun i won't say good um i'll say surprisingly fun and good because i didn't think it was going to be horrible i thought i'd at least have a good time and i did it was just like it was it wasn't dumb fun it throws you curves it's not one i I think they could pull off a second time but for that first time like they yeah they, they they got it and there was very little in this movie that i can call out as being um hackneyed uh really like um what do you call i they didn't telegraph most of it I like the performances. They lay out personalities well. Adam Brody yeah. plays a character who actually you think you can predict his actions, and then like 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 three times he he goes exactly against the type that you expect he's going to be. I'm like, dude, that's that that, that that's that's good writing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no better way to say it. it's surprising. I don't want to harp on that, but it surprised me. I it's like without spoiling. Yeah. I, know, I liked it. I liked it. I love there was like a lot of like satire of like the kind of things people do to attain wealth. Mm-hmm. I like how like the hunting family wasn't all just like, okay, we gotta get this lady. Yeah. Like they're variants, like some were like, Oh yeah, we're gonna murder her. And yeah. then there were some that were like, maybe the same thing isn't real. Like, I don't know. Well let maybe if we fail it'd be fine. We don't know for sure. Yeah, that dude yeah. who um who was there's another guy who married into the family. Yeah. I forget the actor's name, but he was um, Allison's wife in uh, Orphan Black. Black, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 which is all I could see him as. He's playing like He's the, the same character here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was he was so good as we're not really doing this, right? Yeah, this is we're just yeah. staring at right. This isn't. I mean, come on, we're messing with it, right? Come for real, we nah. Yeah, nah. he's like watching YouTube videos on how to use his weapon. He's like googling yeah. things to like try to figure out. Like that's not gonna on. red flag you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not on the list of some kind now. Like nobody, no, nobody's checking your yeah. your. Your, your, history, your, yeah, search history. No, but that worked <laughs> yeah. well. It worked so well because it was like that. That was realistic. Yeah, I'm like, it was no, not everyone's gonna be like, ah, they gotta get it. Yeah, like, 
but this one that one that that one poor yeah. sister-in-law yeah she was like i i came from nothing i need this wealth. yeah she's like i'm, like, I'm buying this that little hoe's going down like damn she's you like, just met her. yeah she's like yeah was either her or me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so jay what do you think man? i loved it like yeah like so the performances were great andy mcdowell was fantastic yeah like she really had that like conflicted but like we gotta do this like i know i know you don't want to murder your like new wife but like we we have to you know kind of <laughs> like that she had that approach and that personality it was like great um yeah a lot of twists loved it it was it was gory but also funny it was <laughs> yeah. yeah uh good stuff they foreshadow things that pay off very well later on mm-hmm. very good horror movie loved it all right cool um and dude uh, before, before we close, I just gotta say my favorite moment was also when you think there's gonna be the oh no I've gotta I've gotta save the little kids they're just they're just <laughs> stuck in this terrible situation <laughs> and then I'm just like no these little bastards are trying to kill you yeah. and then she has that realization in the movie too yeah where she's like you little mother and then <laughs> snuffs the ten year old yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're not supposed to want the kids to die, but every once in a while. It's yeah. like, yeah. And I mean, I don't want to just shoot the little kid or anything, but when she's just I mean, like, oh, you. I've had movies where I, if that weren't oh, horror movies, I was like, yo, kill that kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt the whole time in um, Jurassic World. I was like, yeah, I hope those kids get eaten. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Screw those kids. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, the movie is ready or not. It's in theaters now. Um, dude, I'm surprised. This was an all thumbs up show. Yeah. Mm. That's what's up. Cool. Things all are right. good. Yeah. Yay, Tune in next week and everything's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. All right, this has been The Geek Down. I want to thank you all for joining in for another action-packed, fun-filled episode. I want to remind you all also, if you heard anything on this show you dug, you want to chime in on, let us know what we were right about, what we were wrong about, what Shana was extra wrong about, hit us up <laughs> at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also, find us on dude, SoundCloud soundcloud slash geek dash down find us on itunes or apple music whatever it's at apple podcast now right oh is it yet did it do the i think think it did yeah officially now but you know what you don't have to rely on that find us on any podcast app look for the geek down we are the first results to come up dude like subscribe all that good stuff help us get out there and dude find us on social media facebook uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram. What are the kids on now? Friendster, um, Black Planet. <laughs> We're all over the mother. Hey, you know what? Things to come in the future. Yeah. <laughs> this, you know, search the geek down. We're usually the first ones to come up, dude. And find us, stalk us, send us messages, all that good stuff. Videos on Vimeo, all over the mother. And the website's up finally. God damn it. Still doing some polish on that, but you can go there and see our smiling faces. And as always, you, you know, can catch us right here. Same places. bad time, same bad channel. But until then, I want to thank Shayna. I want to thank Little Beast. Bam. I want to thank Jim Palapo. I want to thank you. And we'll catch you all next time.